These two e-commerce veterans were seven-figure Shopify sellers before they even got on Amazon. We're going to learn some of their successes and their struggles along the way to building their Amazon business up. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Serious Sellers Podcast by Helium 10. I am your host, Bradley Sutton, and this is the show that's a completely BS-free, unscripted, and unrehearsed organic conversation about serious strategies for serious sellers of any level in the Amazon world. And I've got uh, a couple serious or unserious sellers uh, here, <laughs> Dan and Dwight. Uh, we're going to age ourselves here, but you remember in the Olympics, like, what was it, 30 years ago, was, what was it, Dan versus Dave or something like that? Yeah, that, that was me and Dwight. Absolutely. Oh, that was you. That was you and Dwight. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking. I was thinking. He said, "This is a BS-free zone, Dan. I think we're in the wrong place." Well, well, it's BS-free. Other than there's Bradley Sutton right here, but th hopefully that's the only BS that <laughs> yeah, we're you're that the we're king of have. the BS. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Anyways, we always start off this shows because, regardless of your Amazon sellers, whoever I have on this show is somewhat related to to the e-commerce world. And I love highlighting the fact that we all had different superhero origin stories. Like, like we come from completely different backgrounds and things. So let me start with Dan. Where were you born and raised? Wisconsin, uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And then I grew up on a farm in a little town. Okay, so growing up was was the life ambition to take over your family farm or, or become a Green Bay Packer quarterback or what was well, it? Well, of course, it was to become a, a quarterback. Uh, but then I realized I was, uh, too fat and uncoordinated. So, but I definitely was not going to take over the farm because, uh, that would, here's the thing that, well, you kind of know me, but it, it's like, I will, mm. I'm not a big fan of the work. Like I don't like burning the calories and life on a farm is all about burning calories. Okay. So you, you definitely did not, uh, want, uh, that to be part of your future. So when you graduated high school, did you go into college at all? Uh, yeah, yeah, I spent uh, eight or nine years in college. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> what, what were you trying to study? I was again trying not to get a job. You know, like I, I enjoyed school. Didn't really enjoy the uh, the school part, but I liked you know drinking beer, like you know hanging out with my buddies, and uh, that was kind of it. I, well, we're I talking about college, not not. High school, I hope, right? When yeah, you say school? Sure, sure. Okay, okay. Absolutely. <laughs> Barely drank at all in high school. In fact, let's just say never. Absolutely. There we go. There we go. All right. We'll catch up with your story in a little bit, but let's catch up with Dwight first. Where were you born and raised, Dwight? Regina, Saskatchewan, Canada. Canada. All right. Yes, I don't pick that up much in your accent. So <laughs> did you spend all your life there? I have spent my entire life in Canada. That's correct. Okay. Now, what did you envision your, you know, when you're nine years old, 10 years old, a hockey player? Or, you know, that's a stereotypical no, thing that you think that you have a dream by, as by a the time young I Canadian? I was nine years old. I knew I couldn't skate. So hockey was definitely not. I like how both of you were very realistic about your, your uh, athletic uh, – Capability. Yeah, we knew we were not going to amount to much, Bradley. <laughs> <laughs> I 
That's right. So we had to. So go. then, Joy, did, did you go to, well, do you guys call it university up there in yeah, Canada it, instead of college? college? and university. We have like, you know, different levels of college and university. And I went straight through university. And one weekend, I sat right through the front door into the back where the bar was. And we were there all weekend. University done. <laughs> You're like, enough of this. Yep. All right. So going back to Dan, well, uh, you know, after your uh, 16 years of, of college, uh, what was your first like full-time job? Let's see. Well, I wanted to pay my way through college. So I was always kind of an entrepreneur. Um, so I created a magazine in Green Bay, Wisconsin. I did go to college at the University of Wisconsin, Green Bay, and I made a mm -hmm. magazine that I published out of my apartment. Um, and uh, I would just sell ads to local businesses. That's what kind of made, got me into a uh, and just help pay the bills. How did you get introduced, uh, shall I say, to the Amazon e-commerce experience? Like what year are we talking? Well, I guess I, let me think. It was probably, so I had, during this time, uh, uh, my kidneys failed. So uh, I was in, I had to have dialysis and uh, mm -hmm. Dwight and I worked together before. I'm sure we'll bring it up a little bit, uh, you know, doing uh, some other business ventures. And I, um, <clears throat> my kidneys started to fail. And the dialysis wasn't working. I finally got this, this call to get a kidney. And uh, when I came out of getting the kidney transplant, uh, the doctors said, listen, we want you to take it easy right away. And that means you can't work hard and go, got it. Absolutely. I'm down for not working. <laughs> Don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> so I called Dwight. And I said, hey, man, let's find something to do. And I think this Amazon thing might be it. Have you heard of it? And he said, Amazon. No, haven't heard of it. What is it? And then I sent him a link and then uh, the rest is history. Okay. So is this like a couple of years ago, last year, three years ago? Yeah. What are we talking I about? think, what was it, Dwight? Probably about three years ago, two years ago. God, it's three long years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Now, Dwight, what about, what about you? What was your gainful employment? after your two days of College. university university <laughs> well uh, i guess i uh, did that i had a worked at a, a video rental store and i thought oh this is my life i could sit here and watch movies all day um but that got old really quick so i actually decided i was always good at computers so i decided i would get into the it business and i got a job and a IT department, even though I had no schooling, no formal education, I got into IT and I spent 10 years doing that. And then uh, an opportunity came to uh, take a layoff because the, the job that I was doing was being moved to another location. And I started my own business and I've been self-employed ever since. Okay. Now, how did you two meet? Dan? Dan bought one of the software products that I had developed uh, for one of the companies he was working for. And we just kind of hooked up and got to be friends. And um, ultimately, I hired Dan to work for me in one of my businesses. And we've been pretty much inseparable since then. A lot of our listeners that they probably might be in a similar situation. Like they've just heard about Amazon. They've got a buddy like, Hey, let's do this thing. We were really, really successful selling t-shirts 
and shoes and coffee cups on Shopify and using Facebook ads. I mean, you know, millions of dollars in sales, multiple years. And the reality was we did so good at it. Dwight retired and, uh, you know, in, did you say millions of dollars of t-shirts and we had, um, seven figures, three, four years in a row, seven figure sales in our previous business. And I sold that business and retired. And then Dan's like, God, man, you got to save me. I got to come. We got to do something together. (laughs) I got to do something, (laughs) but I can't work that hard. You know me. As long as I don't have to do anything, we're good. Yeah. So we okay. and then we ended up doing uh so the one of the reasons we got out of the whole Shopify thing was because it is you know we were chasing trends, you know, we were making t-shirts so somebody would say something funny, we'd put it on a t-shirt and sell 4 billion of them, right? And mm-hmm. it it got to be really just tiring because a although we were making just sale after sale after sale, it was just kind of hard. I mean, we kind of kid that we're both lazy. I mean, we work hard enough, but literally hard enough and not much more than that. And during this time, you know, on Shopify, the margins were, were pretty razor thin and we ended, we were getting most of our stuff in America and we started to have to go to China. And that's kind of where we get into one area of this. We had to get really good at, you know, negotiating with products in China and so that was just something we happened to be decent at. And then when I did, you know, call Dwight, I said, listen, we should maybe like the thing that sucked about selling on Shopify with Facebook ads was that it just up and down, up and down, up and down. Sometimes Facebook liked mm-hmm. us and they'd give us decent prices for ads. Sometimes they didn't. And we got to, I want to say it was a Black Friday of, I don't know how many years ago now, they all seem to blend together, but we were set to spend 250 grand during Black Friday and Cyber Monday, you know, that week and a half. Yeah. And we ended up spending 5,000 in ads and realized like, oh, Facebook is doing their typical BS again. Let's just not spend the quarter of a million dollars. Let's just be done with this. Because it was like, it was hard to do that up and down, up and down. And when I talked to Dwight, I said, let's just Amazon is just so stable. You don't have to sell anything fun or exciting. Let's just go and find a, you know, a spatula or something and sell it and people will buy it every day. And that'll be that. So, so your first kind of business model for Amazon, because obviously, you know, there's wholesale, there's arbitrage, there's drop shipping was private label since you guys had that, you know, experience with, you know, making your own products already. Yeah, exactly. Are you still selling that product today? That very first one? The I, first, as a matter of fact, that is our primary product still. Today. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So your very first product that you started selling, what, what, what are we talking, 2017, 2018? What, is, what year is it now? 2021? <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> it all runs together. It was 2018. Yeah, it was 2018 yeah. we started selling that. That's pretty cool. So that mean, that must mean you, you, you had success right off the bat. No, well, I mean, not true. Okay. Like part of it was <laughs> true. Like me know. We, we got the decent product and we got the negotiating, the negotiating part down. So, and that's mm-hmm. kind of like a big part of the battle. But then after that, it's like, okay, now all we have to do is sell this. And if we sell it, we'll make a lot of money because we're getting at a decent price. You know, it's a decent product. We're good. Except now what? <laughs> <laughs> except here's the, here's the issue. We come from a Shopify, Facebook 
ad environment. Okay. Amazon's nothing like that. We thought we knew yep. better, right? So yep. were we successful in being able to sell our first product? Yes. The product sold no problem. Were we able to be profitable selling that first product? <laughs> in the beginning, no, we were not. We we had some real issues with uh, pay-per-click and, and spending more than our profit allowed. Yep. But because we thought we knew better than, uh, you know, Jeff Bezos and Amazon, because we'd done it and done so well with it in the past. So, so, so then let's just talk about that. Cause I, I know there's a lot of listeners out there who, who might have gone the opposite. Like you guys, you know, most, most people who get into Amazon, they do Amazon is like their first taste of e-commerce and then they diversify to, you know, Shopify or their own websites or Facebook or things, but you guys kind of did it the opposite way. So how did, how was that a hindrance? Like, what did you do? You know, like you said, thinking that you knew better because of that Shopify background that didn't work on Amazon. Well, what we, we basically like, we took some courses, we learned some stuff and you know, we're just like, everybody seems to be afraid to spend money, right? Now, when we were making all the money on Shopify, we were spending anywhere between $6,000 and $15,000 a day in ad yeah. spend, okay? We were never afraid to spend money to make money. Yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah. Whereas you start to spend a little bit more money on Amazon doesn't mean you're going to yep. become profitable at the end of the day, right? There's, there's no, I don't know, no correlation between, you know, either you're getting the sales, your, your product listing is converting. It says the right things to get people to buy you versus your competition and that sort of thing, or it doesn't. The amount of money you spend is not going to help you if your listing sucks. So then what was the big change? What was the big shift then of when you became profitable? Was it just a, about dialing in your PPC strategy to, to, to be completely different or, or what? Well, did it I was learning. It was learning to wait was one thing because, and the fact that you need to, to spend money over a longer period of time, because ultimately on the PPC side, you can use the PPC, the advertising reports to get back what advertising dollars and what keywords generated those dollars. You still have issues with organic sales and not knowing which, pro, which keywords got your organic sales for you, but they're pretty good at telling you which keywords were generating your um, uh, advertising dollars. All right, guys, we'll take a quick break from this episode for my BTS. Remember, that can mean Bradley's 30 seconds or it can mean Brexit, taxes suck, whatever you want it to mean. Here is my 30 second tip for the episode. If you are selling on Amazon USA and you'd like to go ahead and have your listings available in Amazon Canada and potentially Amazon Mexico without actually sending inventory to those countries fulfillment centers, you can enroll in something that Amazon calls remote fulfillment. So just go into your seller central and in one of those search bars, type in remote fulfillment, and then you'll be able to enroll in it. And then using your Amazon USA FBA inventory, you will be able to have your listings fulfilled even in Canada and Mexico. 
Now, just you know, out of curiosity, you guys are, are kind of proud of the fact that that you you try not to work too hard. Correct. Um, and I think that's the the goal of everybody eventually. Like, hey, we understand Amazon's a real business. You can't just like click two buttons and and, and then become a millionaire. It, it takes effort, but then we all want to get to the point where. Hey, if I want to, uh, I don't need to work nine hours today uh, on my Amazon listings. How much time are you guys each uh, putting into your Amazon businesses? So the problem with working with a partner is that the other one always assumes the other one's doing it. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, hey, how do we run out of stock? I know you got to order it. I thought you were ordering it. Okay. Fast forward to next week. Why are there no sales? We ran out of stuff. Remember? Oh, I thought you were going to order it. Oh yeah. I thought you were going to order it. Fast forward another month. <laughs> hey, notice we haven't get, made any money lately. Oh yeah, did you ever order those? No, I thought you were doing it. And it's just like it's like every part of the business is that sometimes when you're working with a partner. Uh, at least that's our experience. But that's that's the hardest part about it. We don't spend a ton of like we spend a ton of time, you know, uh, you know, doing coaching or helping people learn or like we, you know, you came on our live stream a couple times about. Yeah. You know, and it, it's just all about like, you know, we're doing pretty good. I mean, not those to- things do the majority of our time. If we were to, to separate the Amazon selling portion of what we do, we literally could spend a few minutes, four days a week, and then maybe an hour, one day a week. And that's our entire work week for the Amazon store at this point in our yeah because i mean that's you're not you guys made your your money you're you're semi-retired and you're not doing this to live paycheck to paycheck and we're also not trying to build a you know a multi eight figure business on on amazon or just kind of doing this to you know keep us in you know i like to smoke good cigars and i told my wife you know i'm not gonna because i built our retirement the way that I wanted my retirement to be so we could travel, so we could do all of this sort of stuff. So everything is kind of set up that, you know, if I want to have good cigars in my humidor, I got to replenish those good cigars. I got to do something. So I'm out, you know, this is what, you know, the Amazon store does for me. It brings me income that's kind of on top of everything else that I've built so that I don't have really any any issues with, you know, if I want to spend extra money on this or go here an extra time a year or whatever, there's just, it's, it's kind of my fun money. Okay. So now if, if somebody is taking it a little bit more seriously, because it's like, you know, we, we, we didn't make millions of dollars. One of the things that, that Dan mentioned is like the organization side, like, Hey, you know, especially, I mean, if you guys were partners and you lived in, you know, the same city and, you know, worked in the same office, obviously the things that, that Dan was saying wouldn't have, you know, wouldn't have come up because you guys aren't next to each other, you know, and, and that's the world I think we live in now, not, not just about Amazon businesses, but almost everything seems to be remote. So speaking seriously though, how do you guys different your, like, you know, assign responsibility? Like, you know, is it just one person's job to order the product? Is it the other person's job to check PPC or is it like whoever gets to it first? Like, how do you structure that? So, so what Dan was saying, you know, joking or not, you know, so that those things don't happen. Well, what, we don't have formal, you know, kind of uh, formal responsibilities like, you know, where they're outlined somewhere or whatever. 
it's just kind of the way we've always worked. My focus um, in the business has always been the money. So I, I pay all the bills. I track all of the sales. I, you know, make sure that we're not overspending our budgets. Dan does a lot of the operational stuff where he'll do initial research and then we'll sit down and we'll go through our framework on the products. Do we want to buy it? How much do we want to buy? That kind of stuff. You know, so it's kind of, it's just a natural separation because of the things that I have to focus on in my business to maintain, um, you know, the, the financial structures and, you know, paying all the taxes and doing all of that stuff, paying for the inventory. Dan just, you know, he, he gets all that stuff done when we're ready. Right. Yeah. Get the orders. This is what we need to order. I'm dealing with China. I'm talking to get the orders done. Where's the order? Amazon dealing with all that. The pro Dan's creating listings in the background at this time, dealing with potential ads. If we're going to do them on Facebook, stuff like that. So that we're constantly kind of complimenting each other, um, you know, that are, that we're not overlapping, but we do spend a lot of time conferencing on the issues at hand. So, you know, when we're talking about ads, we talk about the strategy, the stuff, and then Dan will implement it, right? That kind of stuff. So it's right. All- and the other thing, like that, we we spend a lot of time doing is like you know everyone talks about differentiation, and it's obviously key to this, right? Um, but because we came from a different background, we like we also just differentiate in. Like one of the reasons, like Dwight said, like, well, we thought we knew better is that we lost a ton of money on PPC. That is true. But then there are other things because maybe we were too stupid not to know better or we just thought we did know better. We purposely do stuff that's different. Like we are one of the biggest things we do together is like, hey, how can we do this better? How can we actually where can we market this product? What can we do? How can we change you know, could we, uh, one point we were going to set up a mall, like a, a pop-up mall go, Hey, can we do this? Or what if we set up something and, uh, just basically have a product and then drive everyone, get some iPads, some key other, you know, that kind of thing. And then we realized, well, we don't like people. We don't like each other. We're not going to go hang out at a mall standing there together waiting for us. But like, we're always trying to come up with that kind of thing because what happens in, in e-commerce or in Amazon, especially is that, because it is once you do get rolling and don't want anyone out there to think that we we're not taking any of this for granted. It sucked. Like it's hard to build this business. It's not easy. Like Bradley said, but then when it is going, if you do everything right, there's not a ton of stuff to do. So that's where we will go. How can we, how can we twist this? How can we do this? And then someone will say, well, that won't work. And then we'll be like, I don't know about that. I bet we could do that. And then we do right. it. And, and if you, and if you go back to what Bradley was asking and says, like, you know, for people that are, you know, not in the situation that, that we're in or that I'm in where, you know, they want to build it to a point where they can replace their job or, you know, do this as a full-time thing because they need that as their income. It's just about doing it over and over and over again. That's that's the big thing. Like once you find the formula, which which is finding the right product with the right market and the right competition and doing the differentiation, you've kind of got to learn your way through that. You can be taught 
by coaches like Dan and I or Bradley. You could be taught how to do it. But until you actually do it, you kind of don't get some of that stuff. I don't know if that makes sense, but you kind of got to do it. And then you you've kind of find that formula that works for you. And then you just do it over again and you do it over again and you do it over again. And, you know, if you're picking the right products and each product that you're picking, whether it has multiple variants or that sort of stuff, if it's generating you enough profit and you do that four or five times, is that enough money for you every month? Or do you got to do it five or 10 times to, or do you need 20 products in your store? Do you need a hundred? You know, there's, there's no limit as to how many products you can put in your Amazon store. For Dan and I, it, it's really about getting our hands dirty, making sure we have some consistent income, but it's not about creating, you know, the next billion dollar third-party seller on Amazon. It's it's about living our life the way we choose to live it. And, you know, so a couple, half dozen, eight products is more than enough products for me to sell to have invested in inventory and have to spend making sure I got replenishment and dealing with, are my ads working, not working, you know, that kind of stuff. It's just, that's where we're at. We don't need more, but if you do need more, you know, maybe you can get 10 products each making you five grand profit a month or 50 grand a month. I mean, who can't live on that? Right. It's kind of easy in this business to kind of, you know, reverse engineer where you exactly where you want to be. Right. I mean, like how much money do you want to make now? Just do the numbers backwards and get there again, knowing that it's work. I, I get that after you figure out the process, it's can be that the other thing that I think that uh, I think sometimes people fail at, you know, we just been joking, like our product is, it's not a spatula, but it might as well be. I think yeah. a lot of times, you know, people want to end up buying or selling it's gold, gold glitter toilet seats. That's right. No, but it's like people like people want like we hear this a lot as coaches. It's like I just can't see myself selling this. Like why not? Like we wouldn't like if we could make money selling you know hemorrhoid pillows on Amazon, we'd be the hemorrhoid pillow kings. That don't get into it. I'm not saying that because that's our product, but you can't make a lot of money with the hemorrhoid pillow. So yeah, we already looked it up. But like, if everyone wanted to sell cool, like all Amazon would be is people selling drones, right? Like it's just. But there's money in spatulas, maybe. I mean, figuratively speaking. So, so you you guys, you know, are obviously still selling on Amazon, and you have a lot of exposure out there with other things, just because you know you're doing coaching and and. Uh, conferencing with with others, you know, tons of other sellers. So let's just talk uh, for the last you know few minutes of this show on on some things that you see are working and not working. So let's just start with maybe product research. So you know, w- the the big thing for me in in 2020 last year of, uh, and I see a lot of people adopting was like, man, there's so much opportunity that you could you know look at when you're when you're seeing things that might be saturated on Amazon, but then you look on Etsy and Pinterest and you see you know maybe there's a different material that's trending. And it hasn't hit Amazon yet. So, you know, I, I, I kind of pushed that really hard last year. And I think even 2021, that's going to be big. What about you guys and the product research side? What's something maybe unique that, that, that you guys do, or you've seen people do that, that is definitely working? Well, I don't think, I don't think people spend enough time looking at products that have variations. I think people get into the business. We, I know that Dan and I did when we first started looking at 
Amazon and the buy-in stuff is to find a product that didn't require me to have 15 versions of it in, in inventory because of my fear of the cost of the inventory that's on hand at Amazon or whatever. But the upside potential of selling products with multiple variations, whether it's colors or sizes or something like that. I think they need to look at that more seriously. And um, I think there's, there's a real high up in, uh, a high um, upside to mm-hmm. having a product that you can literally just buy another version of it from your existing supplier where you got a good relationship and you're getting the best price for the best product. Um, that that um, in the long term, I think that's going to give you a much more solid base of uh, of income or revenue from your Amazon store. And I think they should look into that a little bit. Okay, looking for variations. What about on the, um, let's say, listing optimization side? You guys, you know, touched uh, on it, you know, making that emotional connection. But but Dan, you have any other unique things that you're doing with, you know, your uh, images or you've seen other people do their images or or special bullet point strategy, title strategy. What can you talk about listening? I mean, I think one of the the cool, the easiest way I think personally to to just flip things up, shake things up, not having to do with keywords or anything, because you should be watching your keywords all the time. But is just if you are selling a product that doesn't have to be seasonal. I'm not saying like go sell Christmas tree wreaths or mm-hmm. whatever, but if you are selling a product it, it, and you can change some pictures and, you know, around Thanksgiving time, throw a pumpkin in the background, like the part of marketing that yeah. always works is it's just, it's like one of the rules, you know, if you can enter the conversation that the buyer is already having in their head, that is just instantly they'll relate to you. So again, if you're selling a spatula, that's fine. But if you happen to show your spatula with a, you know, a one of those pumpkins or white gourds kind of on the counter in the background, they're instantly going to be like, yeah, it's Thanksgiving almost or up oh, Christmas is coming up. I see a sled in the background and it, it instantly gets them in the mode. And it's like truly one of the easiest things you can do is just update okay. pictures just to set, you know, kind of a relationship, just get them in the right mindset. Okay, cool. I like it. I like it. Dwight, going back to you, what about off Amazon? What What's your number one tip about, you know, sending traffic, you know, you can't use, like you said, you can't use the same strategy and Hey, let, let's spend a quarter of a million dollars on ads and, and half of them or 90% don't work, but one works and I'm going to make a billion dollars on Amazon. It doesn't work like that. You know, so what is your suggestions for somebody who wants to get started into sending some outside traffic well, to their I Amazon would, store? I would personally look at Pinterest. I think it's the underdog of social media. I think people kind of think of that as, oh, that's just kind of a place for, you know, women to share pictures of, you know, stuff or whatever. But it really, really is a place that people go to search for um, things they're interested in buying. They're not, they don't, they know they're not going to buy on Pinterest, but they're looking for options for when they're looking to buy something. And um, you can get into Pinterest and develop your own boards and your own uh, uh, groups. And it's all free. It's just your time in developing that platform. So if you're on a budget and you want to drive off-site traffic, which Amazon truly loves, 
when you bring people to Amazon to buy your product. So um, when you're talking about ranking your product or whatever, if you're driving them from Pinterest or Facebook or Twitter or whatever, and they actually end up on your product and buy it, you get extra love from Amazon for that. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that's the, a great place to start. And once you kind of understand by using the pictures that you develop on Pinterest to create your product images, to see what are the images that are driving people to click on the image, what are the things that are attractive to your potential customers, you can relate those to your listing images and stuff like that. And it's just kind of a great place to learn how to interact with the potential customer, which will help you in the long run on your Amazon listing. I like it. I like it. Dan, going back to you, what about uh, any unique things you've seen working in PPC? You know, like a, there's the standard, you know, kind of PPC that I think is universal that works. But, you know, every now and then you hear, oh, oh, yeah, I always have a campaign running where it's a five cent bid and it's an auto campaign and I, I get three percent a cost on it. Like you, you have any weird uh, no, strategies you've seen? Uh, find someone who knows what they're doing to do it because like, <laughs> I would again, we'd not be afraid to spend ten grand in one day on an ad in uh, Facebook. And here it's like I don't want to spend five dollars. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> I never touched PPC myself until last year, but yeah. I will give one tip though. In all seriousness, like sure, like I kind of mentioned in the beginning, like we. One thing that truly did help us, and it started back in our in our Shopify days, is that if you can get really good with negotiating with, uh, you know, Alibaba suppliers, it is truly where the gold is. I mean, it just it honest to God is if you get to the point where you where the gold toilet seat covers where the gold are, gold right? toilet seat is. I mean, if you can, <laughs> I mean, it's just simple, right? If you if you can go from paying, you know. $15 to $7. Well, that's, you know, that's it, right? I mean, like that's yeah. where the money is. The easiest way to raise your ROI is just get better at negotiating, period. Okay. Now hold on, hold that thought. We have this thing that we do on the show called the, or the TST 30 second tip. Can Dan, can, can you say like a part of the strategy in 30 seconds or less of what you mean by but being able to uh, negotiate, like like what is one of those strategies of how you can get yeah. your price down? So one of the things that's totally different about our culture and the Chinese culture is that we come across Americans, I'm saying, as we like to just pat ourselves on the back. We, we make an initial contact with the suppliers and go, hey, you know, I'm, you know, Johnny Big be. I've got an awesome Amazon site and I want to get, I'm going to give you the chance to give me your toenail clippers and we're going to put them on my site and you guys should bend over backwards because I don't need you. Right. And yeah, they're like, who is this a-hole? I don't want to deal with this idiot. And they're just going to treat you like an idiot. So the biggest tip, and it, it sounds like such a no brainer, but nobody does it. Treat the supplier like you're your friend, like, I don't know if you want to say friends, but we're, we're awesome friends with our suppliers. I mean, they, you know, I said I had, you know, the kidney transplant, you know, our supplier like broke the rules and sent me a case of, and her family's in Wuhan. She sent me a case of masks and gloves when we could not get them in America. She like mm-hmm. broke the rules, sent me a case and said, oh my God, I'm, I, I hope you're okay. And it's because I asked her, How, how's your family going? And you build a real relationship up and it pays off 
every time. And most people will okay. do that. All right, Dwight, what about you? It doesn't have to be on the uh, you know negotiation side, but what's your 30-second tip of well, anything e-commerce, Amazon-related? Uh, I would have to I would have to actually stick with the negotiating stuff but sure sure um the big thing I find is that people don't understand that you're you know you're dealing with somebody from a, another country they don't speak your language right if you're dealing with a chinese supplier yeah they maybe speak english but you know what it's not their first language it might not be their second or third language you got to make sure that you're speaking in very simple terms when you're asking them for, you know, the quotes or about the product descriptions and stuff like that. You got to speak a very, and don't overwhelm them with a million questions at one time, because think about it. If somebody sends you an email and there's a list of 25 things to do, and you got 25 other emails where people are only asking you one or two things, what are you going to do? You're going to quickly bang out the ones that only have a couple of things that you can get done real quick. And you're going to wait on that guy that's asked you for 50 things. So understand you're talking to somebody that might not um, understand your language as well as you do. So don't use slang. Make sure you're speaking in proper English and just ask for a few things at a time because it's the conversation. It's that relationship that you're building with them is what they're looking for. Because at the end of the day, they want to win-win. They want to get as much money from you as they can, but they also want to have a long-term relationship with you so they can continue to get money from you over a long period of time. So, um, okay, stick with I like it. I like it. All right, guys, you've been giving us a, a lot of uh, tips and strategies. Maybe people might have more questions. How can they uh, find you on the interwebs out there? Um, so we actually did something for... Uh, because we always like when you come on our live stream and we, you know, we're, like I said, pretty good at negotiation. We just wanted to give you guys something. We made a, an 11 video series free of charge for you about how to do Whoa. negotiating better. Cause it's, again, when you don't have a ton of stuff to do with your Amazon business, cause it's kind of knock on wood running. Okay. We mm -hmm. like to give back and help people. So what I forgot the address. What is it, Dwight? We go, everyone just go get this free video. Uh, what is it? That's a really good question. It's 9uacademy.com forward slash Bradley. Ooh, you even put my name in there. I did. I like it. It was luckily you asked remember. us to be on because we were on with Joe Bob Biggs and uh, it made no sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, at least you didn't make it a slash forward slash BS. Yes. Um, you know that. Nine U Academy. Not sure how well that would have gone over. 9uacademy.com forward slash Bradley. And That'll get you to our uh, free academy. And, um, you know, from there, you'll have an, the ability to reach out to Dan and I. And, okay. Um, it's just the easiest way to get through to us. All right. Well, I appreciate you guys uh, coming on here and giving us, uh, you know, your knowledge and experience. It's always uh, fun to interact with you guys. And maybe next time the software will be working out of beta, this one that I use so I can record video because when, when you guys are on video, it somehow becomes more funny. You guys have all these special things that you do and uh, I, I, it's hard to describe, but like they have this one button that they push and like it puts their face inside of Jeff Bezos like caricature. It's like really weird. There's all these cool stuff. So we'll definitely have to do that the next time you're on the podcast. Thank you, uh, Thank you very, very, very much. <laughs> you see, they got stuff like that too. I, I need to get some of these toys. I only have like little, you know, like... <laughs> 
I, I can like put laughter, but anyways. All right, guys, uh, Dan and Dwight, thank you so much for coming on and we'll catch you. Uh, hopefully uh, 2021 is going to be better than everybody else's 2020, but we'll catch you uh, next year and, and see where you guys are at in your business. Absolutely. Awesome. Thanks, man. Bye, everyone.